Hello and welcome to Profiles in Risk. This is your host, Tony Canyas, and hopefully you can hear me well enough today because I am on the road at my mother-in-law's house without my microphone. So hopefully my Mac is good enough to, to catch this. I'm not the main start of the show anyway. Uh, so today I have with me Hale Stewart, JD LLM, uh, Vice President at Recapture Insurance. Hale, thank you for joining me today. Good to be here. So what is recapture insurance? Okay. Recapture insurance is an alternative risk financing wholesaler. Um, we work with agents uh, specifically for larger accounts. We have a minimum of uh, about a million to a, a million and a half of annual premium for the, for the, for the insured. But once we get to that level, uh, the possibility exists to put together an alternative risk financing program. May involve a captive, it may involve like a layered program, but um, it, it's all on A rated paper or better. And it's typically in higher risk industries. Ideally what we look for is companies that have a good claims history, solid risk management, who aren't being rewarded by the, by the insurance industry. So we put together a loss sensitive program with the sole purpose of somehow returning between 25 to 50% of the insurance premium after they close the claims year. That's the, the short 30 second, well, a bit longer so, than 30 seconds, so, the elevator. I forgot my line. I, for, I forgot to say today's episode is dedicated oh. to Lance Wallach. There you go. I know is a gigantic fan of anything related to captives and will <laughs> comment on this video after he goes live. Sure. So, so Lance, thank you for, 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 for commenting. Okay. Uh, so, so captives. So, so normally, no, normally I, I keep the like basic questions and to kind of to the end. Uh, sure. But uh, in this case, uh, captives are, are esoteric enough that sure. for uh, real quick for, for our, younger listeners or listeners who have never worked in that space. So my understanding of, like, of a captive is basically let's create a little legal insurance entity yep. uh, to carry our own risk, either for our company Correct. or for a set of companies that, that are partnering in some way. Yep. Uh, is that about, and, and then we outsource it, it, like I mean, I mean, handling... Yeah, short version for us, you know, as we, as we, as we used to say in the music business, close enough for jazz, okay? Here, here, here's the deal, okay? Um, you have a company. Again, we work with, with mostly larger mid-market companies. We need to see at least a million to a million and a half annual premium. Once we get there, there are a couple of things that typically happen. Um, number one, the company has engaged in all sorts of effective risk management tools. And let's suppose they did it two or three years ago, or maybe longer, and they started to see claims drop. Well, oddly enough, for some strange reason, they're not seeing a solid enough drop in their insurance premiums for it to make sense for them. So they're thinking to themselves, well, why the heck did we do this? You know, we hired a risk manager, we, we put together manuals, we put together training, we lowered claims, and yet we're not being rewarded. Um, um, so that's typically the fact pattern that happens. Let me compare that very briefly to a, a more standard program, okay? Most agents are, are used to, deal, to dealing with a non-alternative program, which is two things, guaranteed cost insurance with some kind of deductible, okay? 
So you have you know CGL workers comp auto being your prime policy. You, you, you around that you sprinkle uh, employment practices, cyber, DNO, you know, whatever. But you buy policies from travelers or you know Cincinnati or Geico or whoever. Okay, and then those policies have a deductible, and every policy seems to have like a standard five thousand dollar deductible. Okay, and but for most policies, that's fine. That's all you need. For, I mean, for most companies, okay? But um, as you move into riskier industries, as you move into bigger companies, um, their risk capabilities become more sophisticated. And basically what happened here was that the idea of risk management started in like the 60s, okay? But it started with the big oil companies and they're because they had to, right? Well, slowly that knowledge filters down a little bit into mid-market companies. And then it was actually about 20 years ago when you start seeing uh, organizations like the institutes, they put together the ARM program, the Associate of Risk Management, and or the CPCU, which has actually been around a little bit longer. But the idea of risk management became more used and, and more accepted and, and, and more common in mid-market companies, okay? So these companies, they start to um, put together these programs. And then they start to look at different ways to finance their risk. And that's really where we come in. So as opposed to them going out to their broker and saying, hey, we want to buy a package policy. And that, again, policy, CGL, workers' comp, auto, whatever. We want to take some of that risk onto our, our income statement in some capacity. And by by some, some level of risk, I mean at least $100,000 deductible, maybe a quarter of a million dollars or half a million dollars. And the reason why we want to do that is we think we can control our claims to such a degree that we save money. So let's suppose that we're projecting that in year one, we're going to have $500,000 worth of claims. So we, we buy an insurance program. We take the first layer of risk, $500,000. First year, we have a great year. We only have $200,000 worth of claims. That means that somewhere in the company structure, probably the captive, there's $300,000 of like excess money lying around. Why? Because we budgeted for $500,000 worth of losses, but we were good kids, managed our risk, and now we have $300,000 of savings somewhere in the system. Ultimately, that's what we're trying to accomplish with all of our programs. We create loss-sensitive programs, which means that obviously, you know, if you have a big losses, sorry guys, the savings isn't there. But if you do save, Somewhere in, in the program, money comes back to you in some capacity. That was a fantastic explanation. Thank you. And, and now, uh, so I'm a former middle market underwriter. Uh, okay. I, used to, I used to be a middle market underwriter for Liberty for a couple of years. Okay. So, so yeah, in my world, uh, premiums might be higher than a million sometimes. Uh, and I only did guaranteed costs. Now, my, my, my teammates in you know, the, the, the big boys in, mm -hmm. in, in, in national accounts yeah, they they did play in the uh, in, in in the loss sensitive space. Yeah. So if if the liberties and the travelers of the world, I don't know which other carriers play in the loss sensitive, uh, how's that different from from a captive? With a captive, a captive is a financial as a company that you form. Okay, so Acme Manufacturing forms Acme Captive. And, CAC, and, and Acme Manufacturing pays a premium to the captive, and the captive 
finance or, or sell insurance to Acme manufacturer. That only really starts to make sense when you're about a two, two and a half million dollars worth of premiums. And the reason why is captives are expensive. That is, okay, you know, you, uh, you have to seed them with capital and surplus. You, they have to um, pay for claims and lawyers and that kind of stuff. So as a result, it's really a bigger company kind of game, okay? Um, for, for, for programs below $2 million, somewhere in the, in the transaction, there's going to be an account somewhere where what we do is, is we bifurcate the premium. First layer of risk goes to the insured. It's probably going to wind up being at least an accounting entry, entry on the insurance company's uh, in, in balance sheet. And losses, first layer of losses are allocated there. Um, assuming that they don't tag all of that, some of that comes back to them at the end of the year. Again, if they, if they do have a bad year, again, it's there to fund losses. But um, so um, for, for about $2 million or below, we have um, an account at the insurer specifically dedicated towards the insured. And then if claims go above that, the, the third-party insurance or guaranteed cost kicks in. Okay. Um, the, the captive, so, so once, you, once you create a captive, mm -hmm. the, does, does recapture also run the captive for, for us? Or you guys We're are a wholesaler. creating a captive? We're involved with the transaction for about, okay, for about four months, ideally, okay? We get called... Ideally, again, this, this almost never happens in the real world, but uh, we, we can help. Three months before renewal, we get a call from a broker and a broker says, hey, I've got an account. Let's take a look at it. We take a look at it. We say, hey, we think we can do something for you. Let's start putting some ideas together. Everything builds up until renewal. Renewal, we bind coverage. We stick around for about uh, a month after that because there's paperwork to clean up and that, that type of stuff. But after that, we leave. And the, the joke I tell brokers, because a lot of times people are like, well, you're, you, know, you know, they get worried about losing the account. Dude, the joke I tell them, I don't want to talk to your client. I really don't. Okay. Now we do because that's part of our job. Um, and a big reason why I was brought in is, is my job is to talk to people about captives and explain alternative risk transfer and that kind of thing. Okay. But um, you, the broker is still the client-facing guy. The broker still takes him to lunch, goes hunting with him, takes him to sports games. Great. Our job is to make you look good. Um, we have a group of people that we work with. And we have to be very careful here because we don't unendorse or not endorse people. And there's a list of captive managers that we work with. And uh, what we do is say, here's a list. You talk to everybody. You vet them. You find somebody that, that you like. We're not um, here. We're not endorsing. Uh, exactly. We're, and, we're a yellow book. Exactly. Yeah. And um, recapture doesn't get any money from that transaction. So if they hire manager A, great. Um, recapture gets nothing from that. Um, again, it's a list of people that we work with, that we know, that we've done business with, that we like. But you know, it, ultimately, it's on the insured to make that determination. Okay. And um, so I, I'm sure there are other organizations that, that can help you create a captive. So, so what, what motivated you guys to, to uh, well, how, how new is, is recapture? Because I know, I know this. New. Okay. So, so you're we started, Zach Stock is our president. Mm -hmm. um, he started this about two years ago. Oh, okay. Here's the, okay. Here's the weird thing about insurance. 
now I'm, I'm also a lawyer. So I'm like, I'm, I'm definitely going to hell. Okay. And, um, the, I, I used to think that, in, that law firms were the most backwards organizations of all time. I, I used to think that. That's before and you that, came into insurance. Exactly. Now, they're close to it. They really are. I mean, and they're still backwards in how they're organized. But it's really insurance that's old and outdated. And here's why I say that. You would think that law-sensitive programs would be perfect for the insurance company. And the reason why is they go to a mid-market company and they say, hey, guess what, dude? You're spending a couple million bucks a year on insurance. We're going to make it so that, structure this so that if you manage your risk, you get some money back. We're there. If, if it all goes to hell, we have some uh, layer of risk for you. We'll take it, you know, basically acting like an excess layer, mm -hmm. for lack of a better term, right? Um, but it's all on you. You would think they would embrace this idea. Yeah, Why? It's a win-win. It, 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 yeah. it, it aligns the... the uh... Yeah, the, the incentives. They're not on the hook. You know, I mean, I mean, that's the bottom line is the whole funny thing about insurance is they're, they're like Mikey from the life insurance commercial in the 70s. I don't want to take the risk. You take the risk. No, I don't want to take that. Well, all insurance companies are right. For reasons completely unknown, they they never really started to embrace this idea. And the reason why they did is because they're old fashioned. You know, their concepts from insurance are hang, hanging out for 200 years from Lloyd syndicates, for God's sakes, right? As the market started hard, started to harden a couple of year, a couple of years ago, the opportunity started to open up. So what Zach did was he started to build his, his Rolodex of underwriters and insurers that we go to, to put these particular deals together. And for, for, for the younger brokers out, out there or underwriters out there, a, a Rolodex used to hold oh, a little business card. I did myself, didn't I? Uh, I've heard, I've never seen one. Uh, so the the when people when people say build a Rolodex, they mean build their iPhone address book. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I got, it's funny. I I find myself doing that more and more. I date myself like that. When I say Rolodex, I was like, oh my dear God. You know, it's like my wife and I were out uh, last week. And we're, we're, we're at the Greek festival in Houston. And we see this teenage girl wearing a clueless movie t-shirt. We both realized the movie was made before she was born. Yeah, she has no and idea. We both felt, God, I felt old. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my dear God, that's a classic movie to you. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah no, and not only is it a classic movie, she's probably wearing it because it's ironic. And she has probably. no idea. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. completely. completely. 100%. Exactly. So, so, so Zach starts building his 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 yeah. Rolodex. He, he he starts recapture. Um, and for, for from our perspective, the market has been really open and accepting to it. And the reason why is that well, a it's hardening market right now, all across the board. Um, premiums are going up. Um, and it's 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 there's some lines of coverage that are nearly impossible, or, or it's like pulling teeth getting coverage for. So as a result, companies are like, please, you know, not only are we tired of, 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 of coming down the wire on renewal, but we're, we're sick of seeing 20% increases in our premium. What can we do about this? Hence, they start looking, and that's when we come in. Uh, that's when the idea of putting together a loss-sensitive alternative program really starts to make sense. So, so 
it wasn't this is not an insure tech play it wasn't like we have better technology it's just no. there's not enough companies that do this well exactly yeah. yeah yeah and we offer a complete plug-in plug-in and play uh capability for small to mid-sized insurance agencies you know if you're if you're with an agency and you've got my well, actually you know if you're one agent and you've got big clients great um if you're like a, a 10 to 40 person operation or a little bit bigger and you don't have what we have. We are complete. We can come in, take care of all the brokers in that particular agency. Now you can compete with the big boys and keep your clients who are, who are growing. Um, and you can offer them the solutions that solve the problems that your bigger clients are facing. Makes sense. Okay. So, so this is a great way for the medium-sized brokers that are stuck, yeah. that, that are trying to go after the after the big accounts yep. to get their foot in the door yep. of the big accounts. Having... Oh, it's a great way for them. And here's the, there's there's two ways that, we, that that people use this. One, small broker, smaller broker, he's got you know fifty accounts. Four are really big, and they're his bread and butter accounts. He's always worried about Marsh, AIG, Aon coming in and sniping, right? Uh -huh. So he needs an option. So he's looking for something new and exciting and something that really solves those clients' problems. Bring us in. And the reason why is that that client has probably read about captives or alternative risk transfer industry magazine or at a conference or a convention or somebody's mentioned the idea to him in some capacity. So now the broker looks like a rock star because he's bringing up this, this great idea to the client who already has a little bit of knowledge about it. Mm -hmm. And then what we do is, is we come in and treat us like technical closers. That is that, you know, you introduce the client to us. These are the guys that underwrite the deal for you. You still deal with me, the broker, but these are the guys that have been doing it for a long time. Yeah, so so, so like the life guy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, like, hey, I'm still the main contact, but but you really need life insurance. Talk to exactly. my guy. He'll 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 help you with that piece. Exact same thing. Now the second thing is that now now you can go in the door. And here, here's what we found: the larger companies, the larger insurance companies, no, pardon, larger brokers. There's been so much acquisition that there's a lot of internal turmoil. So you, you have a company that was with Marsh, right? But Marsh has bought all these agencies. And as a result, internally, they're still trying to figure out who handles what accounts. And we got to divide this office. And we, and we brought this office in. How do we handle all this stuff? We've heard a lot of very concerning issues from, on the part of clients about the bigger broker firms, all centered on service. Phone calls aren't returned. Um, you know, policies aren't delivered till like nine months later, just a, a level of dissatisfaction, but it, it stems from the fact that these companies, they're not growing by writing new business, they're growing by acquiring. And when you, and when you acquire somebody, your internal organization gets jumbled. Okay. So your small broker, he now has the capability of being the service guy. Okay. He's responsive. He's there on the phone, you know. Guy calls him Saturday at five o'clock. Hey, I got a question. I'd love to talk to you. Let me put the game on hold, okay? That's not happening at the big national brokerage firms, okay? So he has service on his side. He's got this cool new thing uh, that, that, that the, the client has probably heard of. 
And um, he's creating a program. Once somebody's in a program like this and they really start to see the benefits because they're being financially rewarded for managing their risk. And there, there, there are actual legitimate rewards. You know, company paid 1 million bucks in premium. They had a good year. They had an extra, they, they, you know, $200,000 came back to them via dividend or savings or some capacity. Trust me, they're not going anywhere else. You know, why? Because they cut down one of their biggest, biggest expenses on the income statement by 20%. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely makes sense. Yeah, and um, so I keep going back to to as a former middle market underwriter. Yeah, yeah. I I lost a few accounts to 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 captives, and and it drove me crazy because we have no way to compete with it. Yeah, uh, right. We we just don't have the tool set. Right. We 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 the, the, there's no way for for me to 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 grab a million dollar account and and cut. 200 grand off of it right uh or uh, to 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 potentially right even if if we can write the same price but you know what if you keep your loss under control at the end of the year you get 200,000 back i I don't have the tools to do that right it's it's not part of the of the tool set in 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 guaranteed cost uh so yeah it's it's frustrating for the underwriter uh but from the broker perspective if, if the account's going to go in that direction eventually, you, you like you're much better Look, off being the hero. If you have an account that's growing, right, and you know they're growing top line revenue 10, 20, 30% per year, at some point, they're going to put together their own art mm-hmm. program. Yeah. Not a matter of if, but when. Yeah, you're, you're better you off might, than yourself. You might as well bring it up. Absolutely. And at that point, you're the star. Okay. You are the leader, you're the thought guy, you, and they will love you for it. So yeah. So so is, is the broker the only and I should have asked you this before we recorded, but is, is the broker the only client for you, or do you also need reinsurance backing? Well, okay. For reinsurance, we have all of our, our, our contacts. Oh, for, okay. So, so again, so, going back to that Rolodex. <laughs> okay. So so when, when it comes to the podcast listeners. Brokers are like the, 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 the ones that, that, that are a good fit for you because you've already yeah. got your, your reinsurance back. Yeah. Got it. Got yeah. it. Got it. Okay. So is, is there a, a minimum size of broker that, you deal, that, that you're no. willing to deal with? Or from, as long from as they have all it's, all about account. it's all account size. Okay. So, so, if, so if I run a small brokerage, but I happen to have a couple of big whales big. in my book. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay, so a one-time deal is good enough for you. You don't need oh, yeah. to pull up deals. Yeah, but as soon as a company gets to about a million, million five in a, in um, in premium, we will you know we will take a look at it. We are industry neutral. We're risk neutral. You know, if somebody came to me tomorrow and said, "Hey, I met this guy named Tony Stark who's putting together this this, this artificial intelligence robot army, and he's going to." pump billions of dollars into it. <laughs> I tell you two things. A, we've never underwritten that risk before. But B, we'll take a look at it. So long <laughs> as the premium size is there. Okay. That's all we need to see. Okay. Here, here's, here's a dumb question. And I think I know the answer, but just in case. What, what, what about, I want to say a captive agent, but I'm saying, what about an exclusive? You know, if there's a state farm agent out there that that, that is insuring 
a business that that is getting way too big to be to be with with an exclusive uh, do you guys have a way of working with them or it just doesn't happen probably not i'm guessing yeah, but, but that's happen. something that really in our experience um captive agents they just don't get to the size yeah yeah they, they, they play uh, commercial in the very at the very small levels they don't have yeah. the tools okay yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah that's that's what i figured okay yeah. so yeah. so okay so so we talked about the type of brokers uh um the 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 revenue model piece i just realized i i, I uh, when it comes to insurtech i'm always I'm always talking about the revenue model so what's the revenue model do, do, who who pays for it? does the broker pay oh, you no. or uh because we're a wholesaler we get paid like wholesalers it's all, oh, it's all on commission so, okay yep. yep so from the perspective of the client it's and from the perspective of the broker you're basically a free service yep you're getting paid on commission for from the ultimate capacity uh, provider, not, not on the people that end up running the captive from the nope. capacity providers. No. Okay. Very. I had no idea on that one. That's very very interesting. Okay. Yeah. And by the way, for your agents, they can still expect to make the same level of revenue from a deal. Oh, interesting. That, yeah, something that clients get nervous about. Oh, well, yeah, know, because the, the, the premium's going to be I'm going to cut off my nose to spite my face, right? Yeah. Um, no, our model, they still make the same oh. hand. So there's no drop in revenue. Interesting. Okay. They don't need a different license. They don't need like an ENS license or anything weird. Nope. Okay. Per perfect. Uh, so, so yeah, it, it's pretty plug and play for, for the brokers. Okay. Yeah. So, so you, you helped me build it this year. Come yep. next year. They're very, 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 very likely to stay with me because I saved them money. Do I need you back next year or yep. am I basically set up for the life yep. of the account? We come three months. I mean, I mean basically around renewal time, you know, for, for the next year's worth of coverage. So in year one, we put together, we put the program together. Mm -hmm. um, year number two, when underwriting comes around, again, hopefully call us three months before renewal. We know that never happens, but please, you know, be kind of nice. Um, and we do the same thing before, you know, put, you know, put the coverage together and put the program together. And at that point, you know, there may be a need to change some things around. You know, again, companies gotten bigger or uh, or whatever. Um, it gives us the opportunity to, to look at it with fresh eyes and say, okay, year one, we put, you know, a layer of, you know, deductible of a quarter of a million dollars, a primary layer of a quarter of a million to a million. And then we had a couple layers of excess on top of that. Well, company had a good year. Maybe they can take a bigger deductible. You know, it was a quarter of a million dollars first year. Maybe they can go up to $500,000 in the second year, Okay. That would save them on the top line coverage. Again, coming back the second year, we have the opportunity to, to again fresh eyes. Maybe there's something new we can do here. Okay, okay. Um, so, so I think we've we've covered the the client aspect and, and the, yeah. the, the the where it makes sense and when when to give you a call. Uh, I I uh, will include the link to the company uh, on the show notes, and and I will include the the link to your LinkedIn. Please. Uh, so career-wise, oh, uh, go ahead. Yeah, the, 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 uh, two last things there. One is I've written two books on captive insurance. One is called U.S. Captive Insurance Law. Mm -hmm. Seven people have read it. Um, seven four people. wrote me. Seven, seven. People, and four people wrote me specifically and said it cured them of insomnia. So there's that. Okay. But for the broker that wants to get um, more up-to-date on this, I wrote a book called Captive Insurance in Plain English. 28 pages, PDF format. 
Okay, so it's meant for the brokers, not yeah. for lawyers. Exactly. Um, it, it, it's written in a very conversational tone. I jokingly call it my people magazine book. Okay. It, it's okay. something you can read and, you know, you know, you're waiting for an airplane. You should be able to bang out the read. And that gives you enough to be conversationally literate. So oh, okay. So, so this is basically the tool to help you yep. start the conversation with, 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 with your client. Yep. And give that to your client. I mean, it, it was written for them. It, it, if the client's interested, that's specifically meant to be their first read. Okay. Do you sell that or is that a free download? Uh, I sell it. Uh, it's on Amazon.com. I tell you what, um, have it, if they're interested in that, have them reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'll send them a free copy. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Sure. Uh, perfect. Okay. That's that. That's yeah. Thank you for mentioning that. Sure. Uh, so, so uh, Real quick, before we, before we call it a night, for, for, from the career perspective, I do get, so the captives have definitely gotten to a point where, where they have some, some cachet. So some, yeah. uh, they, they, they have some, they sound cool enough uh, that, that, that I get kids calling, asking, so, so hey, I'm an RMI major, uh, starting to work in insurance. How do I move towards the captives? Yeah. Uh, so career-wise, there's a designation out there. Uh, I can't remember the, the name. I'll try to find the name. <laughs> Is it worth it? Is it worth it? And and what what else would you, would you advise for? Okay, the answer is yes. Okay. Um, okay. I wound up in captives by pure blind dumb luck. Mm -hmm. um, I'm in graduate school. I'm I'm getting a master's in taxation. I read a captive insurance case before I was a lawyer as a bond broker, and I dealt with insurance companies. <laughs> You know, the idea comes together. You can form an insurance company. Brilliant idea. I get excited. I'm like, you know, one of the only people who would get excited that prospect, right? So th that was when I wrote U.S. Captive Insurance Law, which is, has been my professional business card for ever since I wrote it. Um, for insurance, for, for people that are coming up from a, an insurance, from a career perspective, um, first of all, risk management is a huge area. Um, okay. For a, it's kind of new. Um, it really started to pop up, oddly enough, the idea of this after the, the, the great financial crisis in 09, 010, when a bunch of portfolios got slammed for exposure to the mortgage market. Um, I'd recommend that they look at, at getting uh, a, a, a designation like, uh, like what the institutes have, um, ARM, um, CPCU, um, CIC. There's a, there's a couple of other organizations, risk management organizations that have similar stuff. Okay, get one of those. Um, I'd also, if that's what you're really interested in, I would strongly recommend an MBA in finance because ultimately this comes down to how do you how do you structure how do you pay for the deal. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So 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 the numbers are radically important here. Oh God, yeah. And the underwriter is the, is the one uh, messing yeah. with the numbers. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so, okay. So, ultimately, think about it this way: the, the corporation is really a series of cash flows, mm -hmm. and with finance, what you learn is how to manipulate them and target them. Short version. So. We, we we don't mean manipulating the bad in the bad way. We mean st structure them properly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like you know, and, and again, insurance is all about you know, you know, like like you know, uh, do, do, do they develop claims, right? Well, year five, you know, you get the triangle of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, 
year one is going to be 10 grand year two it's going to be 12 grand you know how do we finance that well th that's where the, the finance journey okay. really makes sense. so 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 once you've done that you you've, yeah. you've done the education both in finance and in insurance yep. uh th then what uh, start going to the to the to the vermont uh, uh vermont one. well okay yeah if you're really interested in captives what i'd recommend is that get an insurance license, but make sure you have the ability, the personal ability to prospect large accounts. This okay. is not a small guy game. Again, you, uh, we've gotten the level down to about a million, a million and a half in premium. Um, below that, it just, it does, the company doesn't have the financial girth to, to, to fund their own insurance program. But there are plenty of companies out there that are big enough um that need this particular type of solution what you need is the ability to somehow get in the door so that's where sales and marketing come in okay perfect so 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 anything that that gets you into the national accounts to get to get you to, yeah. to play at that yeah. level whether that means uh going through one of the big brokers and learning the, the game there or whether that means uh, at least becoming a national accounts underwriter and then learning yeah. how to bring them in the door. Okay, okay, I got the general idea. Fantastic. Thing. Was that, the question comes up, and I never know what to say on that one. Well, uh, that, that's, it's, it's it's a very it's a very new area. That's interesting. I had no idea that before two thousand nine, they were not popular. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that that is for insurance. Like the only thing within insurance that is newer than that, or from around the same time frame, is cyber. Yeah, uh, like basically everything else is much older than that. Yeah, pretty uh, much. So, so yeah. okay, so truly cutting edge when yeah. it comes to actual insurance, not the tech side of insurance. Exactly. Yep. Very, very cool. Very cool. Well, I have definitely learned more about 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 uh, captives today than, than than the last ten years of my insurance career or eleven years. No, I've uh, done my job. So thank you very much. Uh, definitely a great episode. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I will link the eBooks, uh, the, your LinkedIn and the company's website and uh, brokers uh, who, who are still listening this late in, in, in the episode. Uh, don't lose your big accounts to the natural process of a, a better risk management strategy. Uh, you can play with the big boys uh, by by uh, by helping them yourself to to yep. to create a captive. That's it. Awesome. Thank you very much for your time. Take care, Tony. Awesome.